0: tonight if you would mark chapter number 10 and over the next uh, tonight and the next two Wednesday nights uh, the Lord's kind of laid this on my heart uh, because it was something near and dear to to our Lord and Savior and uh, and of course we're going into and we've been in the middle of a a season of ministering mostly to children and uh, I was telling uh, Muriel and uh, and Lauren uh, Lauren, of course, is at Crown Bible College in, uh, during the school year. She's home for the summer, and uh, of course, she's from our church, and, and uh, I got, I've gotten to know Lauren over the last couple years, and, and it's a joy to see her serving right here in our church during the summer months, and so uh, she's actually been heading up our, win- our Sunday night children's program, and her and her mom have just been doing a phenomenal job, with the children back there on Sunday nights. They've been highlighting a different different country. Uh, last Sunday night, it was China. And so they've been highlighting different uh, countries, and the kids been getting into it, and they've been sharing a lot of the gospel with the boys and girls, and they've been having a good time with it. But I sure appreciate anyone that ministers to children. And uh, if you look at the text tonight, you'll see what I'm talking about when it comes to the Lord's view about children. The Bible says here in Mark chapter 10... Beginning in verse number 13, the Bible says, They brought young children to him that he should touch them, and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive The kingdom of God, as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms and put his hands upon them and blessed them. Now, the one thing we see in this passage tonight is it is dealing with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I saw another sad uh, story on the news. Maybe you saw it too. Some uh, Hispanic uh, church I think right here in the Miami area somewhere here close by, that some man in the church was inappropriately uh, uh, you know, touching children, doing things to kids that he, that he shouldn't be doing. And it's sad when those kinds of things go on. Uh, they, of course, they arrested the man for what he was doing. But can I tell you that when Jesus dealt with children, uh, there's not a greater example for us then to look at what he did how he felt about this matter of children and the importance of ministering to children again if you look at those verses the bible says there suffer the little children to come unto me jesus said and forbid them not for of such is the kingdom of god these were the instructions of the lord to his followers his disciples who I believe was the early church, is that, that Jesus says, look, you, you need to help children come to me. That's what he was saying. Don't hinder them. Uh, don't make it difficult for them. Don't, by the way, look here. If we don't teach the word of God and we don't uh, point them towards Jesus, that's just as bad because we're not showing them the way. Jesus said, I am the way. So as much as many times churches hinder, sometimes the hindering is because they don't even tell boys and girls about the Lord. I'm amazed that not only boys and girls, but sometimes going around in our community and we knock on folks' door and, and they tell us, oh yeah, I go to such and such church. I go to, And the churches that they're naming are evangelical churches right here in our area. Now they may not be Baptist churches, but they are churches that I've always believed since I've been here, are churches that, that share the truth, that give out the gospel. And when I start to talk to folks, a lot of times I'll just say to them, so are you a Christian? Do you know for sure that you're going to go to heaven someday? And I'm amazed at how many of those folks, when I ask them that question, they say, well, I sure hope so. I'm pretty sure. And I'm, I'm, I walk away sometimes. Now, I, try, I do the best I can to, with the Lord's help, to share the gospel, to give out scripture, to try to point them towards the Lord. If, if, God, if the Lord, the Holy Spirit's working to, to hopefully lead them to the Savior. But I walk away many times thinking to myself, what are they doing in that church? You know, if they're not sharing, because that's why a church exists. Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. Now, he's no longer here, but that's why we're here. He's left us here and he's given us his work and we need to make sure that we're not hindering children from coming to the Lord. So when you get to Mark 10, it's interesting because I always look in my Bible when I'm studying because again, God's word is in thought patterns. Uh, We have chapter and verse breaks and I've talked about this before. And sometimes, like I don't know about your Bible that you're holding in your hand, but mine, a lot of times, has, has headings over some of the sections. Does anybody else have a Bible like that? You just kind of have some headings? So like in this particular Bible that I have, when you get to chapter number 10, and before you get to verse number 1, has anybody got a heading over top of that where chapter 10 is? Does anybody have one? What does it say? Marriage and divorce. Marriage and divorce. Now, isn't that interesting that our text tonight started in what verse? 13. 13. And so this portion that we're looking at tonight comes after Jesus just finished dealing with marriage and divorce. Look, do you see the importance of the family unit? Jesus is talking about the husband and wife, the responsibilities before God as a husband and wife, and then from there he goes to children. Look, I've taken very seriously being a parent my kids you can ask them a lot of times they'll say to you they'll tell you today yeah my dad he's over the top you know well i'd rather be over the top than under the bottom you know uh sometimes i am a little overboard when it comes to parenting but listen we have to understand the responsibility that's how he starts this particular chapter or this particular thought he, he's teaching about this very serious matter of marriage And look, we we really don't understand, because watch this, we've been Americanized. We really don't understand the word divorce, according to the Bible. And that's a totally separate matter, I'm not going to get into that tonight. But it's interesting, when he comes to the end of that discussion about marriage and divorce, Jesus turns his attention away from marriage and he turns it towards little children. That's what we see in our text tonight. And how these little children are being brought to him. Interesting. Now, look, at, look again at verse 13. It says, and they. Now, who's they? Well, he just, he just was teaching on marriage and divorce. So watch this. Those parents that he was just teaching them about marriage and divorce, they have children. So that's who that they are. And the Bible says they, in verse 13, brought young children to him. Can you see this now? They're bringing their children to the Lord. Now, why would they do that? That he should touch them. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. But here's these people that, that, that are struggling in their life getting along together. By the way, if we're right with God as a husband and we're right with God as a wife we will be right with each other you know and so many times it's it's the, the husband saying I just wish God would fix my wife or it's the wife just saying I wish God would fix my husband when the truth is is look I can't control my wife I've tried for 33 years I can't control her but you know what that's not my job my job is to lead her watch this as I follow the Lord that's my responsibility now hopefully she will follow as I follow the Lord. But, but it's interesting when these parents are bringing their children, the reason that they were doing this is because in this day, in the economy of Mark chapter number 10, it was a Jewish custom, a tradition, to bring small children to a, what they considered to be a great rabbi, a great teacher. They would bring them to this teacher, this rabbi, so that he could bless them and that he could pray for them. Now, it was common for parents to take their children to the synagogue. They didn't have the church house necessarily like we do today. They would bring their children to the synagogue. And when they would go, then then the elders that were there would take those children by the hand and they would pray with them. Now, we do do something very similar because in this day and hour, I've had many, uh, Lynette and Patrick just did that. We, we sat down, and, and I, I don't think they mind me saying this, but they, I said to them, have you ever thought about dedicating your, your babies to the Lord? And they asked me. They were like, well, what is baby dedication? And I had the privilege of sitting down with them and sharing with them like Hannah did in the Old Testament, how that it wasn't salvation, but it was, it was, it was, it was acknowledging that God gave those children to them and that it was a, it was a symbol And the reality is, Lord, you gave them to us. We want to raise them for you. And it was a neat thing to be able to do that. And I did the same thing with my children. And some of you may have done the same thing, is to dedicate your children to the Lord. After all, they are the Lord's. And so these parents, they were coming. Now, I want you to look back in the text in verse 13, because watch this now how it unfolds. They brought the young children to him that he should touch them. Look at the last part of the verse. And his, what's that next word? His disciples. Now, does anybody know what the word disciple means? Follower. They're followers of Jesus. They believe in him. They believe his teachings, right? Now, these, these parents that were struggling with marriage and divorce, here they are thinking, you know, he's a, and by the way, there's a lot of people today who believe Jesus was a great teacher. They just don't believe he was the son of God. And maybe some of these were the very same way. So here they are. They're bringing their children. By the way, I'm never going to push away someone who wants to bring their children to the Lord. That's, that's why we encourage people to come bring their kids to Vacation Bible School. Folks, we go out in the community. It's great to have our own church kids here. But listen, we want folks in our community. You say, Pastor, they're not saved. Exactly. It's a great way. Brother Flynn wouldn't be sitting here tonight if, if this concept that I'm talking about, that Jesus gives here in Mark 14, 13, or Mark chapter 10 and other places in the Bible, if, if we didn't believe this because it's a biblical principle. And the Bible says here that as they were bringing their children to the Lord, look at the verse now. It says, his disciples rebuked those that brought them. I mean, it's, this is his disciples. People are bringing their children to Jesus, and they're saying, "Look, don't be bringing your snotty-nosed kid around here." You know, Jesus doesn't care about your kid. You know, I mean, folks, I I don't know exactly what was being said, but apparently, the disciples, the followers of Christ, I think they felt in a way that that their master, that Jesus was, his time was too valuable to spend on little children. Now I've known people in churches just like ours. I don't believe we have any here like that. I've known people in churches just like ours that feel like listen, why why have children's ministries? You, you the more kids you have, the the more screaming and hollering down the hallways and things getting broke and coloring on the walls. Look folks, I'm going to tell you you can fix a hole in the wall. Those lives are important. You know, and and and, and so here they are. They're saying, "Look, uh, the Lord is too busy Now, here's the interesting thing. Look at verse 14, because the disciples rebuke these parents for bringing their kids. But in verse 14, when Jesus saw it, when he saw what was going on, here's what he said. The Bible says, he was much displeased, and he said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Now, you, if you know the tone here, here's what happened. They were rebuking these parents for bringing their kids to the Lord. And so what Jesus does is he turns right to the disciples and he rebuked them. He says, what are you doing? These kids need to come to me. Why are you, why are you sending them away? Why would you do such a thing? And it, look, it was a, something that we need to see tonight that it is appropriate that Jesus should give us this teaching about these little children just after he spoke about this marriage relationship. Now, look. There's no doubt, like I said earlier, when you think of children, a lot of times they're noisy in church, they require a lot of special attention. I mean, you know, sometimes people say, well, children, children, they're not working a job, so they can't give any money, so they can't contribute in the offerings. Folks, listen, that's not why we reach out to people, so that they can give. We reach out to them because they're a soul that Jesus died for, that he cares about. That's God's business, and and we need to see how important it is that children are not uh, something that is to be cursed uh, and to be endured. The truth is they're a blessing to be enjoyed. Sometimes, Brother Flynn, I I sit in my office, and, and I'm trying to prepare my heart and trying to make sure that I'm ready to do what the Lord would have me to do, and sometimes, whether it's a Sunday morning, Sunday night, even sometimes on a Wednesday night, And while my door's close, I'm in there spending time with the Lord, I hear all the activity outside. And I'll be honest with you, a lot of times I I just sit in my office and say, thank you, Lord. Because what's the opposite of noise and activity? Silence. Nobody. I think it's a joy to hear children running up and down. Look, and I know from time to time we get on to them. Don't be running to church, you know, things like that. But listen, children, the Bible says children are an heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is His reward. <laughs> Look, Folks, we are blessed by all the children that God's given to our church that are here, that are a part of that. I, again, I love to hear them around the church. In this passage, I think when you, when you see what Jesus is, is saying, it has something to say about children, but it also has something to say about the kingdom of God because Jesus brings that up. He mentions the kingdom of God and we need to see the special place in the Lord's heart for these children. God has plans for children. God has a plan for a child just as he has a plan for your life. And he sees these children and we need to see this special place that they had in his heart. Now, what I want you to see tonight in our time is, is how Jesus ministers to these children. I think it'll help us to get a glimpse of really the Lord's personality towards these children. Hopefully what you see tonight, or maybe you've already seen in your Bible study, is something that either you've already incorporated into your life or something that maybe you can incorporate into your life. Uh, I know that many times working with children is not an easy thing to do. And I've seen over the years people say, Oh, I just can't work with children. And, and sometimes I realize, you know, things, certain things like that. But, you know, my, my home pastor, every, every time I got around him, he, he you know, they, they hadn't, when I went back to my home church, I said, Are you going to have vacation Bible school this summer? And he said to me, he says, well, he says, I wasn't planning on it. And I said, well, if you don't mind me asking, why? And he said, well, I don't really have anybody that can head it up because it is an undertaking. And I said to him, I said, well, listen, if if you want to have one, I will, I'll, I'll lead the way. And he said, that'd be fine. And we had, we just had a phenomenal Vacation Bible School. I mean, the church had such a wonderful time ministering to children. But you know, my pastor, his philosophy it was always, I, I, I can't, I just can't minister to kids. And I told him, I said, Look, you're missing out on one of the greatest blessings of life. You know, I think, I think working with children is so much fun, and we have a good time. But we get serious. About the Word of God, and I want you to see two aspects tonight about Jesus. Look at the first one in this passage: is we can see the Savior's heart. We can see His heart, the heart of the Lord. How how that the Bible says here that they brought these children unto Him. Now, when you see those words there, it's really the idea that as these people brought their children to the Lord, that it wasn't just a few couples are a few families. It actually was quite a few that brought their children to the Lord. And as they did, they, they they came from, of course, all over the place. Why? Because if you study the word of God, you find out that there was the word was out about Jesus. Maybe some of the miracles that he performed, some of the teachings that he had taught, never a man spake like this man. The word was out. And so a lot of these parents thought, listen, I want to get my children to this man so that he can pray with them. He can pray over them. He can bless their lives. And I've had folks, and I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with it, but I've had folks over the years who've asked me to come bless their home. And I don't mind saying a prayer of dedication, uh, praying a prayer that, that God would protect their home. But can I tell you, I don't have some magic wand that I can wave and your house will be just totally blessed. That's the Lord's business, Now, I have had words of prayer and dedication, things like that. But listen, these people, they thought if they got to Jesus with their children, that he would pronounce a blessing over them. And when the disciples rebuked these parents for coming, the Bible says that Jesus was much displeased. He was angry with the disciples for trying to prevent these children from coming to him because, look, these children were very dear to him. Uh, We see something very similar. One chapter over in Mark chapter 9, in verse number 42, it reminds us of the very harsh, and by the way, this was the Lord's words, but it was a harsh judgment that awaits all those that abuse little children. Look at this verse, Mark 9, 42, whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it is better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he were cast into the sea. The one thing I, I love about the Lord is that Jesus always defends those that are defenseless. One thing I was, tell, I was telling Brother Dave uh, yesterday when we went to see Brother Ken, I said, you know, I've always struggled having the right spirit as a Christian when I see people being taken advantage of. I'm a father of four daughters, and and there's been many times when my chi- my daughters have gotten old enough to maybe drive, work a job, things like that, where <clears throat> they they would go. And, and part of a parent is they, it comes to a place where you have to allow your children to actually start doing things. And so my daughters would maybe go get to get a car fixed or something like that, and they would come home and they would tell me uh, the way they were treated or how much they were charged or something like that. And a lot of times, uh, you know, I I you know you you just want to you'll take care of the situation when that happens. And uh, I've had times where I've even gone back to those situations and and I've talked to them. A lot of times I'll walk away, my wife and my daughters will say, "Dad, how come they they're never like that with you?" You know, but they 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 take advantage of women, they take care of take advantage of young people. And then when God brought us here to South Florida, and by the way, they don't have the corner on elderly people but when I came to South Florida, it really, really irritates me how people prey on elderly people here in South Florida. Because most elderly people, many of our church members are the same way. They're on a fixed income. And people know that there's storms and things that come through here, and so they intentionally target folks. But I'm going to take it one step further. It even more irritates me when a Christian does the very same thing. We ought never to take advantage of someone that is defenseless, that can't take care of themselves. Look at the Bible says in Psalm uh, Psalm 82, verse number three, defend the poor and fatherless, do justice to the afflicted and needy, deliver the poor and needy, rid them out of the hand of the wicked. You know, in, in, in this portion of scripture and really back in the days of christ it was a totally different scenario and and part of what the disciples just to kind of help you understand now i'm not justifying i'm not saying what they were doing was right by rebuking the parents but just to give you an idea to look in how things were in that society children were often treated with contempt they were actually viewed as property that's how they would talk about children, that they were property. Uh, there was a letter that tell you how long ago this was, it was written on papyrus. <laughs> that's a long time before loosely paper, but it was it was written on a papyrus and it, it was written by a man named Hilarion, and it was written to his expectant wife. Now listen to this letter. this was dated, her name was Elise, and it was dated June seventeenth in 1 BC. And here's what he wrote to his wife. He, these were his words. If it be a male, let the child live. If it be a female, cast it out. And that's how they, that's how they viewed children as a commodity, as a piece of property. By the way, uh, it, it's, it's not too uncommon, even in the early days of our country, where people would, if they, they would continue to have uh, children, especially boys, because a lot of farming was going on in the early days, and that, that was their hired hands, was children. And and so we, we see this going on. Now, in ancient Rome, let me take it a step further. Back in the days of Jesus, as he was in this situation, and even prior, in Rome, fathers held absolute power over their children. It was something called patria postastis. It was where a father could condemn a child to death simply by commanding it to be done. They could, just, just like that man wrote to his wife. Now, a case where this happened was actually recorded as late as 60 AD, and this practice was finally outlawed, but it, it wasn't outlawed until 375 AD. So this went on for quite some time. Now, what Jesus does here when his disciples are rebuking these parents for bringing their children to him. He then turns and rebukes those disciples for what they said. What Jesus clearly does here is he elevated children right in front of his disciples and those parents to the place of importance. See, that was a totally different concept. They didn't look at children that way. But Jesus saw those children and he saw the potential I mean, Brother Osvaldo, I have no idea what your daughters are going to be when they're older. But you know what? That's not my business. My business is try to get the Word of God into their lives, to let them sing songs that help them to think about the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we raised our children. Listen, I, I don't regret one Sunday school class and one silly song, one Bible song. Uh, my grandchildren now are learning those types of things. And listen, I am thrilled to death when children are learning about the Lord Jesus Christ. The famous children's hymn, Jesus Loves the Little Children. that's a great little song. You see it up here, all the children of the world. And this was a song that was written uh, by C. Herbert Woolston. And the lyrics, again, are very familiar. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Now, after Wollstone wrote that song, uh, there was actually a second and a third verse that held the same structure. But what they did was they swapped out in verse 2 the words, Jesus loves the little children. They they swapped out for Jesus died for all the children. And then in verse 3, it says Jesus rose for all the children of the world. And I like the thought there. And They actually said that some of the modern versions, as, as they have tweaked it a couple times here and there, actually uh, they sing these words, every color, every race, all are covered by His grace. They, they sing that instead of red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight. Folks, look, when we think about children, we should see how important children are. You know, again, I, I see families come in. There was a family that came in last week, and they had some little children. And look, I didn't know those children, but I was glad they were here. Brother Kenny had an opportunity for a, a teenager that just came for one service. And the mom said, hey, I saw something in your bulletin about teen camp. Is my, could my daughter go? Brother Kenny said to me, Pastor, what do you think? And I said, what do you mean, what do I think? Let her go. I said, listen honestly. If she doesn't go to camp, she may never get another opportunity. I said it should never be a question about whether or not we're going to allow a kid to come to VBS or we're going to, you know. And we kind of we have to kind of set some parameters, you know, for four years of age through sixth grade. But I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of times where the old pastor inside of me, you know, yeah, he's three and a half. Oh but i want him to be at vbs you know and and you know a lot of times we're we're just kind of torn sometimes when it comes to that but listen when you see what jesus is saying to his disciples it's revealing a lot about his heart look there's a lot of people who have the attitude hey children can't serve god like someone that's older and they have the attitude that children can't contribute money uh, until they get a little bit older and they get a job but when we think about what jesus is saying here look even in spite of who these children were, can I tell you tonight that Jesus still loves them and he still reaches out to them by grace. Jesus is not, God's not interested in what we can do or what we can give or how old we are. He's interested in inviting people to come to him on the basis of the pure grace of God, the grace of God. Jesus loves sinners, the Bible tells us. <laughs> and he invites them all to come to him. Look at Revelation 22. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that, is, that heareth say, come. And let him that's athirst thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Who are we, folks, listen, who are we to say, hey, we're going to give the water of life to this person, but we're not going to give it to this person. Are we not then a respecter of persons? We need to make sure that we're giving it out to everyone. Jesus said in Matthew 11, Come unto me all, ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Of course, we know John three sixteen, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever, folks, That's anybody that signs up for vacation Bible school. That's anybody that wants to go to the teen department. Folks, we need to understand that that God doesn't want anyone to perish, but he wants them all to have everlasting life. And this was the heart of Jesus. You can imagine, if you think tonight, of how the Savior's heart was broken. Because here's these parents. Did they understand everything about him? No. Did they understand? Did they even know about eternal life? Maybe not. But they were trying to bring their children to him. And here's his disciples saying, no, 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 he doesn't have time for you. But his heart was, let them come. You see his heart, but I want you to see, secondly tonight, I want you to see the Savior's hands. Look in verse number 16 of our passage. The Bible says, he took them up in his arms and he put his hands upon them and he blessed them. He put his hands upon them. It's it's a sad day, is it not, that when we have people, and by the way, I hope you never get it offended with this, because look, I may not have children young enough to be in our children's classes, but I think most people that do have children appreciate the fact that we want to guard and protect their children. And it's a sad day when you've got to, with Christians say, I need you to sign this form saying that you've never... Uh, been convicted, you've never had a problem with children, because there's a lot of pedophiles and things like that in the world today, it's sad that we live in a day like that. But I'll tell you this, is we need to make sure that we're protecting our children. But listen, we're not protecting them from Jesus. We want to bring them to Jesus. The Bible says they come to him, and he took the time. Remember, Remember the teaching about the rabbi, how that these parents wanted to bring their children so that he would Bless them that's exactly what he did he took them up in his arms individually i mean i don't know it might have been a short line might have been a longer line you know isn't it ridiculous and we kind of did this a little bit but you see lines for 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 hundreds of feet sometimes people lining up so that their kids can sit on Santa claus's lap but they won't bring their kids to vacation bible school to be with jesus and the Bible says he took them up in his arms. And number six, look at these verses. I love verses 24 through 26. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Think about this. The hands that touch these children were the same hands that created this world. Were the same hands that were outspread on a cross with nails in them. Those hands is what reached out to those children. They were gentle. These children were not afraid of Jesus. And by the way, Jesus wasn't afraid of touching things. I mean, there were times where... No one would touch a leper, but Jesus reached out and touched someone that was leprous. You know, I've known missionaries that have gone into parts of this world, and people say, "Boy, aren't you afraid? No, they said, I'm not afraid because the Lord's with me. Jesus was not afraid to reach out, and his hand sent a message to these, these children and to their parents, a message of love and a, and a message of acceptance that No matter how young they were, how insignificant these children were, that Jesus cared about them, and he took time for them. Look at this verse, Psalm 104, the last part of verse 28. Thou openest thine hand, they are filled with good. When we come to the Lord, you know what we find? Open hands, not closed hands. His hands are open, especially to children. Don't think for a minute that he doesn't care about you. He loves you. Jesus would never be like those disciples and turn us away. He loves you. He loves children. And and he cares about our condition just like these children. And he will take the time to touch your life as he did these children. But the key is that we have to come to him by faith. That's an amazing thing is he mentions the faith of these children is like the kingdom of God. You see, children, and this is the danger. I heard on the news the other day that there was some man that was, and you hear this often, some man was trying to lure a girl to get into her, his car with him. And, and sm- she was smart enough she didn't do that. Do you know why that happens so many times? Because children are naive. They're very trusting. In the same regard, we have to be careful when we minister to children, because we don't want to give them a false sense of of being saved. We want to make sure they understand. You know, they use the phrase, the age of accountability. How many of you ever heard that before? Folks, there is no specific age. Doesn't mean it's six years old, seven years old. I've, I've known people who, when they were three, were able to understand that they were a sinner and that Christ died for them and they got saved. And I've known other people who it was like seven or eight years of age. Now, that doesn't mean that this three-year-old was smarter than them. It just means that it took a little longer for that person to come to the understanding. A person can't be saved until they realize and they understand they're a sinner and that Christ died for them. That's why we don't want to rush a child. We want them to be saved, but I believe with all my heart, according to the scriptures, that if, if a child does not understand and they pass away from this world, that Jesus would never send them to hell. That's not my God. You see, the Lord loves them, and the Lord would not not do that to a child, but you know what we want to do is we want to do our part. And by the way, I know this is right before vacation Bible school, but the reality is this is, this is the the responsibility of the church all the time is to be reaching children. you know Brother Jerry's here tonight. Brother Jerry Miss Carla, they, they, they've been working with children for a long time. Brother Jerry actually had hair that wasn't gray when he started working with children, you know But I'll tell you what for the time that he has spent with those kids, if you asked him, he'd probably say it's worth the gray hair. You know you think about all those children that Brother Jerry and Miss Carl and those that have worked with him over the years, it's a wonderful thing. We, we, again, we have no idea what's going to happen with that child, but the Bible says to train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. Uh, we may not know what happens to that child, but we need to care for them the way Jesus cared for them. And listen, if we're pointing them towards the Lord, guess what he's going to do? He's going to call these children. Remember, the disciples said, no, 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 no. But Jesus says, no, no, no. Let them come to me. Don't hinder these children. We need to make sure that we're not hindering them. Somebody said, and I want to share these statistics before we're done tonight, that if a person doesn't accept Jesus as their Savior before the age of 14, the likelihood of ever doing so is very slim. 14. Listen to this. The survey's results show that children from the ages 5 to 13 have a 32% chance to be saved, to be reached with the gospel, 32%. But watch this, children and young people from the ages of 14 to 18 only have a 4% chance of ever being saved. When you take it to the next level, from 19 years of age through the oldest adult, that group, which is a large group, only 6% have the possibility of ever coming to know Christ as their Savior. They say that 83% of those that come to Christ do it before they reach the age of 18. That's why we need to reach children, because... If we don't reach them before the world gets them, we may not ever reach them. By the way, it's a wonderful thing when somebody that's older does get saved. Praise the Lord for that. Brother Flynn, I think, has had a few saved and reached in the the nursing home that they go to. And it's a wonderful thing because those folks are closer to heaven than someone who's going to be here at our vacation Bible school in a couple weeks. And that's why we need to make sure that we're reaching out. But listen, tonight and and next two weeks, we'll continue this. But we can clearly see from this this portion in Matthew 10, uh, the Savior's heart and the hands of our Lord. The Bible says he took them up in his arms and he put his hands on them and he blessed them. Now, one thing that I I spent a little time today because I I like to be an equipping pastor is is that uh, I want to try to help not only tonight, uh, the days ahead, and especially during our vacation Bible school. Put that up there. If you got one more slide, I think you do. Uh, this is actually, uh, it's the same thing on both sides of the screen. I don't know if you can read it or not, if it's big enough. Can you read that? Kind of. And and so this is actually uh, not not original with me, but it's called the ABCs of salvation. And it says right on here, the A, letter A. It's a great tool for us. A is admit that you sin. B is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And C is choose to allow Jesus to save you. So it says right here, if you're you're sitting down with a child, by the way, adults, many times, you know what we do when we deal with adults, we get so technical what we need to do. Because remember, Jesus said, that if you don't have the faith of a child, that's that's the only way you're going to get into heaven. And so this 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 plan, it will work with anyone, any age. But a lot of times, I find that people don't really know how to deal with a child. Uh, a lot of times, we might have a lady. I think we had one last week or the week before. And Mrs. Flynn has gone back. Carla's gone back. My wife's gone back. And I'd love to see in the days ahead more of our people be personal altar workers, to be able to to take the Bible and go through some scripture and show someone how they can trust the Lord as their Savior. I think that's what every Christian should do. And uh, pastors shouldn't have to look around going, hey, we've got somebody that responded. Is there anybody here that can take their Bible and go back with them? But Mrs. Flynn many times has, has gone back. Hey, folks, if we have a boy or a girl that responds during vacation Bible school or in one of our classrooms it says right here, admit that you're a sinner. It says your sin, I'm just reading right off here, your sin separates you from God and it keeps you from heaven. Would you agree with that? Yeah. It says right here, every sin must be punished. Boys and girls know that when they do something at home, right? And so it says your punishment is for sin is hell. Now, people say, well, that's kind of strong. No, that's Bible. They need to understand that. So look right over here. You see underneath of it, see the sun there, and it, it's actually got a, kind of a burning thing there. It says underneath of it, "For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God." And you can ask that boy or girl, "You ever done anything wrong?" And a lot of times, "Oh yeah, I was, I was, I was fighting with my brother the other day." You know, they they always say, "You know, I kicked my dog." I mean, <laughs> they'll say some of the funniest stuff, but they understand it. Underneath of that, it says, "The wages of sin is death." That's just the first part of Romans 6.23. So so look here. We're going to try to help a boy or girl no matter what their age is. And if they don't understand the first part, that they're a sinner, then guess what? We're not going to go any further. We're not going to say, okay, well, let's move on. Because we're not trying to force a decision. You with me? You understand what I'm saying? So let's say they understand that they're a sinner. They've done something wrong. Well, then you go to B. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's what it says. Jesus Christ, God's own son, came to die for your sins. He came to die for your sins. His death on the cross can replace your death in hell. You know what you just did? You just took a very negative thing and just made it positive. Because you know what we deserve? We deserve hell, but Jesus paid that penalty so we don't have to go there. And so the boys and girls are going, oh, wow. You know, Because you're telling. So it says right here, listen, he only asked that you believe him. A lot of times people believe in work salvation. I got to do this. I gotta, that's all Jesus asked, that we put our faith in him, right? So right here on the side, here's the verses, because there's a cross right there. So it says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So that's the only way you can go to heaven. Right underneath that, God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners. Remember just a minute ago, Johnny, you told me that you were fighting with your sister But the Bible says that while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. Johnny's like, whoa, that's pretty cool. And then right here, if they're they're with you and they're understanding, then you go to the sea. Choose to allow Jesus to save you. Here's what it says. God is waiting for you to receive his gift of salvation. If you ask him, God will remove your sin and give you a home in heaven. Would you like to do that, Johnny? Oh, Yeah. Sure would. Here's what it says over on the right. With the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Johnny, would you like to ask Jesus to be your Savior? And the verse underneath of that, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How many of you think this works? Yeah, this is the gospel. And so, look, if you're interested, I've got copies of this. Now, don't take it personal, but I made a bigger portion and I made a smaller one, and so uh, if you want the larger one, you can have the larger one if you want a smaller one, but you know where you need to put this? In your Bible, so that at any time you get an opportunity. Remember, this works on adults. It's not just something for kids, but it's simple for children also, you know, is to make sure that they know. How many of you would like one of these? Okay, I believe I've got enough for everybody that's here tonight, and I'll make these available even during Vacation Bible School. Let's have a word of prayer. Thank you for coming tonight. Listen, I hope that your heart for people, especially children, is the Lord's heart, all right? Lord, thank you for this evening. Thank you for the Word of God. And, uh, Lord, I thank you that in spite of of us and the disciples, Lord, we're all the same. Many times we, we push people away. Help us to see how important it is to bring people, especially children, to you. Lord, bless in the days ahead with our children's ministries, with adults that come. Lord, may we see many souls saved. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.